You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. It's wonderful to be here. You guys, one of my most, uh, one of my most favorite places in the world. And this is literal. I don't say it everywhere I go, though. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> I know. But it is because what God is doing here is so genuine, so real, so deep. The roots are very deep. There's nothing shallow about this house, about these guys, and... Uh, it is an honor to serve you. It really is a privilege. This morning, I want to talk about harvest time because we are in harvest time now. And we have to get our mindset around harvest. It's very important because otherwise we miss the harvest. In Amos 9.13 says, And behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the one who gathers the harvest. And those who, uh, who, tread, who tread the grapes shall overtake him who sows the seed for the harvest. The seed for the harvest continues until planting time. It is the double portion that God is releasing to us. When the mountains will drip with sweet wine and the hills shall melt. That is everything I'm reading from the Amplified. That is everything that once was barren will overflow with the streams of blessing. And we are in that time. Harvest time is a wonderful time, a wonderful thing that we look forward to, but it is now here. We're not looking forward to it. It is now here. You see, we are looking forward only to the return of Jesus because everything is here now. And uh, so I want to read also in John 15. And I want to talk about one, two of the most wonderful things that can happen to us. And I hope by the time we finish, I finish talking, you will be as excited as I am about pruning and, text, and testing. <laughs> pruning and testing. Two of the greatest things that can possibly happen to a church, to a person, to a ministry, to anything. You see, it's amazing. In John 15, verse 1 to 8, it talks about it. And Jesus says, I am the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. I love that. My father is the gardener, and he prunes every branch that bears fruit. He prunes it so they, can, so they can produce even more fruit. You see, I want to stop in there for a minute. And it is that part of understanding what God is doing. And from heavenly perspective, the amazing investment of heaven, the need and the joy of being pruned. We look at it from human perspective. We have the idea that if we are pruned, we are, something is wrong. We're in trouble. If we're tested, it's because there's something bad. It's punishment. It isn't. It's a wonderful thing. You want these people. You want it. We need to ask God, please do it. Trust me. We need this because it isn't punishment. It isn't anything negative. You know, and it's an investment from God. I'm going to tell you a story. 
A long time ago, when my first husband and I were early married, we bought a house, and then I like roses, and uh, so we bought three rose bushes, and we planted them in front of the house. They were supposed to be this equal, but one of them, the middle one, somehow was of a different breed, and began to take over. And that thing began to grow and grow and grow, and it was a climbing one, and it was going everywhere, but took over the other two. And just began to grow. We were tying it on the front of the house, and instead of producing single roses, it was producing clusters. And they were beautiful, and the fragrance of those roses was amazing. And we were, I was looking at it, you know, and it was just glorious, incredible, majestic. It was so beautiful that I actually took care of it. And uh, so, and I began to make sure that everything was perfect in it. I invested in it because it made me look good. It made my house look good. People admired it. And you see... I somehow attach myself to it, just like we so often attach ourselves to God's goodness and blessings in our lives. God began, gives you a gift, gives you a blessing, he starts using it, and suddenly makes me look good. Look at this, we take care of it, we invest into it, because look, yes, I know God gave it to me, I know, but you know, it's me. It's because he gave it to me. You know, and we are there, and it's so easy, we just say, Oh, yeah, God did. He used me, you know. But deep inside, we say, well, you know, I was the one who did it, and he anointed it. And somebody says, did you see how amazing the Holy Spirit fell on the fourth song at worship? And you say, yes. Everybody sang it. It was amazing. And you say, yes, but I sang the song. You see, there's that part that we all do this. And so we invest and we do everything as long as because it makes us look good, it's nice. I began to notice that people would drive past my house and they would slow down and look out the window at my roses. It, was, it really was incredible. And so after a while, I began to notice that when people were driving by, you know, I would open the door and stand there. My, my house, my roses, me. <laughs> and I take care of it. I take care of it. It wouldn't be that great if I didn't take care of it. You realize that, right? It wouldn't have this fruit if I didn't take care of it. So it comes back to me. So I actually began, I drove, I lived in a small town, so I drove around to check gardens. <laughs> no one had roses like mine. I mean, let me tell you, that was something. So, everything was great, amazing, beautiful. What blessing, look what God is doing, we say. Look how he moves in our church or in our ministry. Look how great this is. And then, one day, Ivan, my late husband, God bless his heart and soul. He's in heaven now, of course he is. But, you know, uh, his, that day, one day he came out with something I had never seen in my whole entire life. It was a pair of scissors, scissors like this big. I had never seen scissors like that. It turned out it's not called scissors, but to me it was. And he got this thing, and without saying anything, he started cutting branches. And he started murdering my, my roses, my rose bush. And he's 
cutting and clipping and cutting and clipping, and I freaked right out. I just came out and I said to him, what is wrong with you? Stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? You are destroying this the most beautiful thing in this house. Look at this. What is wrong with you? And why didn't you ask me before? It is mine, not yours. Don't you dislike when God messes with your life and doesn't ask you permission? And he starts, you know, doing things in your church, in your ministry, your business, your family, whatever it is he, has, he gave you. Ivan had given me the rose, the plant, but it was mine, you see. And so, and I was trying to stop him. You have to stop. You have to, do, you, you know, you can't do this. I said, haven't you seen how gorgeous, beautiful, majestic this is? Are you jealous that <laughs> uh, you are killing it? Because you are killing it. You are destroying it. I was really, I mean, fighting him like crazy with it. And he said to me, God bless him, three or four of the most horrible things I have ever heard in my life. You know, you don't understand. It was horrible. He said to me, calm down. <laughs> Seriously, calm down. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, I can't. You are killing my roses. Like, uh, you don't tell a Latina to calm down when she's wor worked up, you know? It makes it worse. And I, said, I actually said to him, it's easy for you to say to calm down, you're British. <laughs> you know? I am Latina. So... <laughs> and so... And he said to me, and he said to me, stop, trust me. That's horrible to say. When you're going through this thing, it's cruel. I thought it was abusive. You know, <laughs> calm down. Trust me. How can I trust you when what you are doing looks so bad and it is so bad? You see? And that is our journey with God all the time. You know, he does something. We begin to fight him. And then it is calm down, you know. Trust me. How can I trust you if what you're doing doesn't make sense? How can I trust you if I don't understand you? And he said to me, because I know what I'm doing. That doesn't work. No, you don't. If you knew what you were doing, you would be putting miracle growing these things instead of killing it. You are destroying it. Don't you see murder? This is murder. And he said to me, honey, here's the thing. He said, just breathe. He said, because the problem we have is that we are looking at the same thing with very different eyes. He said, you are looking at it from the eye of an observer. You look at this, it is amazing. He said, actually, I have been watching this. I have never seen a most beautiful rose bush in my life. So you're doing a great job with it. That's why I'm doing this.
make sense of that. That is exactly why I'm doing this. You see, because it is so amazing. He said, I, I've been checking, there is not one dry leaf in it. The problem we have with understanding the process of pruning is that pruning happens when you are doing the best for God. Pruning happens when you are fruitful. Pruning happens when you are really pleasing God and he looks at it and says, there is not one dry leaf in this. You see, it is beautiful, it is amazing, it is good. And then he comes and starts chopping and cutting. And he begins to prune that which looks amazing. You are doing your best. And you stand there saying, it's so confusing. Pruning is very confusing. We don't understand it because we're trying to find the negative reason. Why is God doing this? Why is he allowing this to happen to me? You know, it's, what is wrong? Is there, why is he punishing me? It feels like it, but it isn't. You see, and that's why it's so confusing. And the thing is, yes, when God, when things, challenging things come our way, we need to first, yes, look and see, is there something that I have opened a door for the enemy to come in and do this? If it isn't, then throw a party and celebrate. You're being pruned. <laughs> it is pruning. You see, and so uh, uh, he said to me, the thing is, he said, so this is perfect. It's beautiful and amazing. That's why I'm doing this. He said, and you, he said, you look with the eyes of an observer, but he said, and you have never, in, you have never gardened anything in your life, which is true. He said, so it was amazing that the rose bush was growing, because I have no idea how to take care of it. And so, but, you know, he said, but I am a gardener. I grew up gardening. I grew up as a farmer. I know how to grow anything and everything the, grow, the ground can grow. I've done it. Therefore, I know I, do, I have the eye of a gardener. So when I look at this plant, I am not looking just what the fruit outside, I can see inside of it. With the eye of a gardener, I look at it, I see what is inside, I see the potential that is inside. If the fruit right now at this age is like this, I see what is God, the potential it has to become. He said, and because I am the gardener, it is my job to get that out of it, to bring it up. And the only way I can bring it up is pruning it. There's no other way this plant can give what it has. Unless I prune it and I bring it out. The whole thing didn't make sense to me because I'm not a gardener. Another gardener would have understood, not me. Just like we cannot understand the ways of God. Only the Trinity understand each other. The three of them have coffee. They know everything. We can't get it. You see, but there we are. And it, and it seems we go by what it looks and what it feels. But pruning is an amazing process because pruning, 
The only reason for pruning is to increase harvest and fruit. To make you more fruitful, to give, make you greater, to increase. It's for more. If you have prayed more, Lord, the scissors are coming out. He will bring the scissors, the pruning thing is. He's going to do it. It comes together. You want to increase. It comes together. You get prophecies. Get ready. Because for that to come, you will be pruned. It's wonderful to receive promises from God. It is wonderful to get prophecies. It is wonderful to pray for more. It is wonderful, all those things. But they come out through pruning. See, the seeds go inside. They go inside the church. They go inside you. And pruning brings it up. You see, and Jesus said, I am the, bless you, honey. I am the vine, but my father is the gardener. Do you know how amazing that is? The father himself is the one who prunes. No one else prunes. Jesus said, my father is the gardener, and he prunes the branches that are attached to me. See, if your relationship with Jesus is really tight and really good, you will get pruned. It's not going to be fun. You will be pruned. You see? And so it is a great thing. That means your work with God is good. You're doing fruit, you're fruitful. He is happy. And he starts cutting. You see, and they start pruning and start cutting back and they start stacking away and you are freaking right out because we don't trust the gardener. We don't trust the gardener. You see, so we fight him. You know, the devil will never prune you. Ever, because the devil will never make you fruitful. And the only reason for pruning is fruitfulness, to increase and increase and increase. Everything that is within you, who you are, the fullness of you, every blessing placed within you, every promise, every blessing spoken over the church, of course, is going to get pruned. You see, because it's to bring that out and the fruit of it, because the harvest that comes after pruning in verse 8, if you read that whole, uh, John 1, 15, 1 to 8, it says, for when we become really fruitful after pruning, we prove that we're truly his disciples and that harvest brings great glory to the Father, the gardener, you see? So this is an amazing thing. So there was dear Ivan cutting away. I was still fighting him away because I could not understand a word he was saying. And so all I kept thinking, you are hurting this. He kept doing it. And I couldn't stop him. There was a problem. Just like you can't stop God. And so he kept cutting, but he went crazy. He left me. I am not lying, people, with a stump. The man went, left me to a stump, in a stump. You know how horrible it is to have a stump? When you have had glory, and you have seen great things, and you know your ministry is moving, or your relationships are great, or the church is blossoming, your ministry is amazing, your business God gave you, and all of a sudden, you start getting trimmed, cut, and pruned, and you end up with a stump. And I looked at Ivan, and I said, when well, he finally put the thing down, I said to him, what is wrong with you? Look what you did. Why do you have to go nuts? You know, you've got to cut the tips and be okay. 
And he said to me, the greater the potential, the greater the harvest I see long term, the greater it is, the deeper the pruning has to be. He said, if I only prune a little bit at the top, you will get a little extra harvest. By doing this, you will have the greatest harvest of your life. He said, because, he said, if I don't prune this, this uh, plant, it has reached the potential it has right now, and it is phenomenal. It's beautiful. I mean, the fragrance of those roses could be smelled from the, from the middle of the street. He said, but it will remain like this. It will give you fruit for a few years, and it's going to be good, and it isn't grow, going to grow anymore, and it, you will not get more roses. It will be like this for some years. He said, but slowly it will start then decreasing, and decreasing, and decreasing, and it will go, it will die, and then that will be it. He said, but by doing this, I promise, this is my guarantee what I'm doing for you. I promise you that if you wait, that was the fourth horrible thing he said, wait. He said, if you wait, if you trust me and you wait, in two, sum, two more summers, three summers, counting this one, this rose bush is going to be at least twice as high and wide as it is right now. I'm guaranteeing you a double to triple portion. He said, the amount of roses you are going to get are going to multiply at least three times what you have now. He said, and this rose bush is going to live, is going to last in bloom, blossoming, year after year, easily for 10 more years or 15 than it would otherwise. He said, that is what I am giving you by doing this. Otherwise, it will not happen. See, God's heart is to give us longevity till the end. When he, I start something, he wants this church to be fruitful till the day the trumpet blows and he returns. You see, he wants you to prosper, your personal life, your ministry, your calling, your marriage, your family, your business, whatever promise God has given you. He wants it to last. He thinks long term and he is into the giving longevity, abundance. He comes to increase. He wants to give you more. He wants to multiply. That is what he is doing. You see, but we don't like it because it doesn't feel good and it doesn't make us look good. See, i I felt extremely embarrassed for my, when, I had, when I had a stump. I didn't want to stand by the door and say, <laughs> my stump. I didn't want that. Not my stump, you know, at all. And I actually stopped looking after it. I was so disappointed at what it looked like that I stopped taking care of it, which is really sad. But my gardener, continued investing, investing, he did not stop. He took over and he began, he would go out and he would feed it and he would take care of it and he watched over it. And I kept saying, what for? You know, and that's what we do, we stop praying, we stop investing. Because I felt 
pity for the stump. I felt embarrassed and I felt pity for it and pity for me because look what I have now. You see, and that's the problem. We look at appearance and we start seeing because we attach our identity to these things. And we begin, when God is pruning us, we start feeling bad about ourselves. What am I doing wrong? Why is, what, what is it? Why am I failing in? You know, look at me. I used to do such a good job. Everything was great, you know. And now look what's happening. I'm not a great mother as I thought I was. I'm not the great leader I thought, or the great businessman, or the great minister. I, you know, I'm not the great worship leader I thought I was because look, what am I doing wrong? That things are going differently. And we start then, you know, because we attach this the greatness to us, and then we attach the negativity, and so we start looking at it. That way, and then we start feeling ashamed when people look at us and people... The, the problem is that because we don't understand this, we start looking and saying, oh, do you, you know, you know Christian gossip? This is not gossip, it's for prayer. I'm telling you this for prayer. But you see what's happening with Susie Jean over there? She got used to use it. Remember how she ministered, how she liked songs, how she prophesied? What's not happening now? And she's not on the platform anymore. I wonder what's wrong with her. I wonder what sin, hidden sin is in her life. You see, we turned to pity when we began pity belittles. Compassion arise, lifts up. We're called to have compassion, not pity. By definition, they have the same definition, but not by application. You see, pity destroys, compassion raises. And so we start feeling bad for them. Oh, poor thing. Oh, that marriage, poor thing, they're so shaken. I don't know if they're going to make it. Oh, you know, you see, you know, uh, when my daughter ran away from home for three years, and that is like, oh, no, you know. Reflect on me, I got a stump now. Well, even the stump right away, nothing. You know, and that's what, how, you know. And so anyway, and all those things. And we start, you know, um, instead of strengthening each other and, you know, realizing the stump cannot, if you're a stump in any area, you cannot take care of this of it yourself. You need a gardener. You need help from each other to come and pour some, you know, fertilizer and some help to help you grow. And so when I used to pastor, and I used to hear people receiving the prophecies in my church, and you know, everything was, hooray, I kept thinking, oh, no, pruning is coming. You know, prophecies over the church, and I will gather the team and say, okay, guys, pruning is coming, let's get ready. We have to prepare before it happens, you know, so we don't have a disaster here. And so... Um, I would see people, they would be up doing great. They would receive more from God. They would pray more Jesus. They would be on fire. Pruning would start. And very slowly, they were not singing at the front anymore. They were in the rows, second row. And as the pruning continued, and there was no explanation why, 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 then they would go and you would see them to the back and the back and then standing there and then they stopped coming to church. You see, because... 
Why is God doing this to me? I'm not. I'm, do, I'm obeying Him. I'm doing everything I know how to do. I'm doing my best. What's the problem? And this has happened, you know. And that's when my late husband died. I actually, I wish I could tell you, I was so spiritual and amazing, and I can lead you into greater pastures. I said to my sister, God bless her. She endured my my sorrows and I said to her is this how God rewards faith and faithfulness is this it you see because that's her reaction is this you know what the reward of obedience and following him and paying the price you see and that is how we react because we blame, we accuse God. Why is he doing this to us? Why is he allowing this to happen? You see, in our lives, when we are being pruned, and you are standing there, but where's my sin? What's my problem? You know, then why is God doing this, letting my goldfish die when he knows how much I love him? Why is this happening? You see, but the problem is, when we look at each other and we are going through pruning, we have to understand you forget the seeds that are planted within you. You are not a gardener. So you don't see all the potential that is within you since the day God created you. In your mother's womb, he began to plant seeds and promises and blessings. Then later on, prophecies come and impartations and prayers and blessings come into your life, those deposits go in. It is the job of the gardener to bring them, the gardener to bring them out of you. You see, you are just the stump. So he doesn't forget and he looks at you. You see the appearance, he's looking inside. There is this one and this seed and this church carries this anointing, this impartation, this ministry, this promise, this blessing, that prophecy 20 years ago. And all these things that you forgot already, but the gardener doesn't forget. He sees inside and he sees the potential and he, then pruning comes to bring it out. It's the only thing that brings it up is pruning. You see, you don't know what is in the person sitting next to you that is going through that horrible time. Or what is happening and the pruning in their lives. You see, the thing is, testing is a wonderful thing, but you have to understand the devil doesn't test. It's not, the Bible doesn't say that the devil tests anybody. God tests us. He tests us, and I will read a couple of scriptures in a minute. He does, God tests the devil, the devil tempts. God doesn't tempt anyone. He tests. The devil doesn't test, he tempts. So look at the situations and see, am I being tested or tempted? And then you know what's happening. You know, don't blame the devil and say the devil is testing me. No, he is not testing you. Testing is for improvement, for strength. Testing is for endurance to finish the race. Testing is to give you the character of Jesus. Testing is to see the quality of what you are building. That's what the scripture says. You know, in James, in Peter, and Corinthians. And I'll give you the references in a minute. You can read them later because of time. But 
this testing has a specific purpose, and it's all kingdom purpose, and they are all for improvement, advancement, and in increase. Testing is for destruction. Testing is for sin. Testing is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's very different when we understand the difference of these things. But, so, going back to my story, you see, and the, the thing is, you don't know. I, I want to encourage you to understand as always as a church because you guys, I believe, have been pruned and have been tested tremendously. Good for you. It's amazing to be in a place that has been pruned and tested in the way you guys have been. You know, this is an amazing ground to stand on. And so then we need to learn to trust the gardener for our brothers and sisters who are growing through pruning who are stumps so they don't run out the back door. You know, and celebrate and cheer. Good for you. You're being pruned. Yes, you know, that means you're doing great. That means your life is fruitful. That means you are faithful. That means you are connected to the vine and, get, and you're doing good. So the Father himself has descended from heaven to prune you. What a privilege. You see, because that means you are being positioned for greater harvest, for more harvest. You see, when Ivan died, after I got through my tantrum, and uh, all of that, and God began to help me, and I got lots of healing and ministry and everything. And I understood, you know, when you recalibrate and you realign and all of that, I stood there and I said to the Father, well, Father, here's the thing. I don't like what you have done at all. I don't like how it feels. I don't like how it looks. I'm a stump on the ground in every area. I don't like this. I don't like, you know, what this looks like at all or what it feels, I don't. I said, so that's my soul talking, but that's true, it's my soul here. But now, this is what I feel, but this is what I believe. Now, this is me talking what I believe. It feels like this, but this is what I believe in my heart of hearts and my spirit within me. And I said to him, I am so grateful that you have seen me fit to be pruned one more time. I am so grateful that you didn't say, we have had a good run of 40 years of harvesting together. I'm just now going to go and invest in other trees and other plants. I'm going to go and, you know, I'm just going to let you be. And I'm so grateful that I said, you still look at me as the gardener and you see there's still more in me to bring out. I'm so grateful you haven't stopped and you found me worth to be pruned one more time. I said, but the depth of this pruning is the hardest pruning, the deepest pruning of my whole entire life. Is beyond the stump that was outside my house. Is that because of the depth of this pruning, I know that this rest from now on, the rest of my life will give you the greatest harvest my life will ever give on earth. 
for that I am grateful. And I brought the whole situation into heavenly perspective. And it changed everything. Ivan said to me, wait. That's the hardest thing to wait to, to do when you are being pruned and going through it. And um, I had to, I had no choice. And I was waiting to prove him wrong. I couldn't see how what he was saying was going to doing and saying was going to work. It was impossible. But by the third summer, that rose bush reached the second floor of my house. It grew so much that we had to tie it up from the balcony on the second floor. We had to trim it around the door because it was taking over the whole front. The clusters of roses were everywhere heavy and more multiplied the clusters inside. They got bigger. The fragrance of the roses was so much that my neighbors used to open their windows to get for the fragrance to come into their living rooms. And not only that, I began to notice something amazing. The uh, people driving in front of my house, this time they would drive past the house, they would stop and take pictures of it. Because it, the majesty of, was spectacular. I, no one had ever seen anything like it. I was telling this story somewhere here in America last year, and a woman in the congregation stood up and said, I have a picture of that. I, visit, I visited your house back when in revival, and I took a picture of that spectacular rose bush. You see, and uh, I stood there, and I saw that the gardener was right. He saw what I couldn't see. But in time, I saw what the gardener saw the fruit of it, the fruit of pruning, I understood John 15. And the most amazing thing that happened was this. And when it became so glorious, and people would stop and look at it, I didn't open the door to stand there for them to see me attached to it, because I stopped admiring the plant, and I began to admire the gardener. And I began, instead of telling people, come and see my rose bush, it is amazing. You will never see anything like it. I began to tell people, you should see what my gardener has done. You should see how amazing it is, what Ivan did. And I would look at my friends that had, you know, the plants and the, garden, the gardens were not doing so well. I would come and knock at their doors and say, do you want help? <laughs> you want help? Because... You should see what my gardener, what Ivan did in my house. So if you want, he can do it for you. He will come kill your plants and make them amazing. <laughs> he will murder them and make them amazing for you. You know, he's got the scissors. You know, and I began to give glory to God for what he has done. And that's what Jesus said, the, f the result of pruning. 
at the end, God has saved the best for last. I know that, and he spoke to me that is the season of the best for last. And this is the time, if you have been pruned, let's rejoice together. And let's look at what God is doing. That God has pruned this house because you are doing great. Because he's pleased, he delighted. He's pruned your life because he said, look how splendorous the fruit is. Look at the harvest that she is giving me or he's giving me. And now, the potential for more. The potential, that's what he's bringing out of you. And the harvest that you're going to go through after the prunings you have been through are going to be the greatest things. And the thing is, it doesn't stop. That's the best news. You see, because the more he gives you, more prunings will come to bring it out. But when we see it through his eyes and know it through his heart, we can rejoice and say, yes. You see, this is the best thing that has happened to us. And I just want to give you the scriptures. I said James 1, 2, and 4, when it says, consider it a joy when you are tested, because testing produces endurance. And then without endurance, you cannot finish the race, people. So endurance, you can't stand in the storms without it. Only testing produces that. And the fruit of testing is for perfection, it says, so that you don't lack anything. Without testing, you don't know what you need. The lacks come up, and God wants to bring, to fill you, give you what you lack. That only happens through testing. Then we have in... 1 Peter 4, 13 and 14, when he said, do not be surprised as, at, the, at the ordeals that come to you when you are tested by fire. For as you partake of the sufferings of God, you will also, of Christ, you will also partake of his glory. When you are tested by fire, it, that is the only thing that makes you be like Jesus. Suffering is the only testing that makes you get the character of Jesus. When you go through suffering, Rejoice, you are becoming like him. He's making you like him so that you can carry his glory. So when the glory, his glory is manifested, you can carry it. If you have prayed for the glory of God, you have promises for um, ministering that will bring the glory of God, you will be tested through the fire of suffering because it makes you like him. Talk to Peter if you don't like this because I didn't write it. You know, First Corinthians 13, 3 to 4. First uh, Corinthians three thirteen to fifteen, for God tests the quality of His work to burn the hay, wood, and st st stubble, and leave the heavenly uh, that's the human elements and leave the heavenly elements. God will test what you're building in your personal life, in your gift, your anointing. The business he gave you, whatever you are building for him, your marriage, he will test. He will test it to see the quality, because you cannot improve it unless you know the quality. Anybody who builds knows that, right? You test the quality of what you are building. God is building something with you. He's testing the quality of it to make it taller, wider, and to make sure it stands. 
please stand with me for a moment. Father, we thank you. I just heard two trumpets blowing. Father, we thank you that you give us good news, that you are a God of good news, that your heart is for us, not against us. And we just want to stand together before you right now in repentance for our foolishness. Father, for the times we have misinterpreted what you are doing and complained, when we allow the enemy to come with criticism, guilt, and condemnation, you know, and the waste of time when we put ourselves through saying, but finding the reason when the reason is in front of us. And it is so easy. Jesus taught us and said, Father, forgive us for complaining against you and for fighting the gardener, for complaining about the gardener because we don't understand. Father, right now, we just want to realign. And Father, as we stand here, I just want to speak over this house and everyone who is here, even if you are not from this house, you are here for a time such as this to receive this in the name of Jesus. And I release you right now from any stigma of shame or embarrassment, from any pity or self-pity, from any criticism others have said about you and against you. For those uh, who were pruned and couldn't stand the pruning and blamed this house for it. For there were those who walked away or have uh, complained about you because they didn't understand. It had nothing to do with you. They were being pruned because God was pruning the house and everyone in it. And they couldn't understand it, and so they walked away blaming, blaming the, gar uh, the, the shears, blaming the, the pruning scissors instead of realizing the gardeners doing a good thing together. Corporate pruning, individual pruning, they can happen at the same time, and that is hard, because they're being double pruned, corporately and individually. So right now, in Jesus' name, I just break off the lies of the devil and all that nonsense. There's, ah, I don't even know what to say. I feel so upset right now with what the devil has been throwing at you guys. You know, as if you were doing something wrong, as if you had been failing in any way because you have not. You have not. You have been doing a great thing and you have been pleasing to the Lord and before the Lord. God has simply is investing and bringing the greatest harvest of your lifetime. The, you, in the areas that you have been a stump right now, I call for the harvest to arise. And I release a celebration right now. We turn the tables for the glory of God. This is not a negative thing. It's celebration. It is awesomeness. It is the more. It's the fulfillment of the faithfulness of God and the things that are to come. But God has also prepared you to receive more for you are a good soil. And you are coming now into the time of the greatest glory of God. For you will bring great glory to the gardener. Like Jesus said to my father, the fruit after pruning, whatever the price has been, I understand that. I walk the walk. But I can tell you, it's been worth it. It will always be worth it. 
and I hope and trust God will prom, pro, continue pruning me so that everything that is within me can be released. And when I go home to heaven, there's no hidden seeds inside that didn't blossom. There was no harvest he didn't collect. So in Jesus' name, with authority given to me, I bless you. And I release breakthrough over your lives. And I declare a shift in the atmosphere right now. And I bless you to lift up your countenance today. For a new day has begun. For you have passed the midnight. For even though sorrow comes through the night. And I'm speaking prophetically now. Even though sorrow comes through the night. The shout of joy comes in the morning. You are up at about 5 o'clock in the morning right now. God is bringing you now with acceleration. And you are going to stand there for you made it through. And there is no stopping you now. For the Lord is going to restore. And he is going to bring into this house even a greater harvest than what you thought before. And was expected for your tent pegs have been enlarged in different ways. And I saw angels this morning and standing in the four corners holding tent pegs and saying, do we do it again? They were waiting for the word enlarge again. And it has been given over this house. Enlarge again. Expansion again. So I bless you to receive it in the name of Jesus. For this is going to be the time when many will come into this place to say, teach us how to do this. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you. And the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.